Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey everybody, welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I read the intro wrong, so Dory's reading it now. I'm Dory. Mm-hmm. Here's the business. Mm-hmm. Um, what is this, episode 56? I could not tell you. Something like that. We're recording early in the morning on Friday before work. So if we seem a little out of it, that's why. Matt's mm-hmm. making a face at me. <laughs> what? My travels are well documented. I'm... Tired for other reasons. I got home very late last night from another podcast. Anyway. Anyway. Um, if you missed the window to buy Egghead t-shirts, sorry, you missed the window. You can request that they get reprinted, but there are no guarantees. Uh, the URL for that is cottonbureau.com forward slash products forward slash Egghead. However, kids products are print on demand, so you can still get your Egghead onesies and 
kids t-shirts at cottonbureau.com forward slash kids forward slash product forward slash egghead. And we have another kids product coming soon that I'm extremely excited about. So buckle up everyone. Um, please leave Apple podcast reviews. What are you shaking your head about? I mean, we just have so much to get to today. We don't need to. Let's get to the important stuff. The stuff they don't hear every week. Like the Dory's going to be in Austin on November 4th. In Portland, the weekend of November 11th. That Austin meetup is at 2 p.m. on November 4th. at Punchbowl Social in the domain. So if you are in Austin, please email us to RSVP so we can make a reservation. Dory's going to be there. She's going to chat you up. You're going to get real life Dory. Also, Punchbowl Social has like games and all sorts of fun things, arcade, billiards. More fun things than you can shake a stick at. Yeah. Uh, and the Portland meetup is still being determined, but it's looking like late morning on Sunday, the 12th of November. Uh, so if you're in Portland on November 12th, drop us an email at doryandmatt at gmail.com or mattanddory at gmail.com. If you really want to, you could also call us 413-461-BABY. Also, if you want to see Dory talk about Startup a Novel, then please go out and see her Sunday in Austin, November 5th at 12.45 p.m. in the Capitol Extension Room at 1100 Congress Ave. Talking about fiction in the age of news feeds with the author Rosencrantz Baldwin. And in Portland on Friday, November 20th at 10th at 8 p.m., The Cleaners at the Ace Hotel, where she'll be reading along with three other debut novelists and author Jamie Attenberg as part of Lit Crawl Portland. Uh, or if you missed that, November 11th at 1.30, that's a Saturday, at the Portland Art Museum. She'll be talking about feminist digital culture with Ellen Ullman and Jasmine Hughes. More info, go to literary-arts.org. Updates from us. We don't have a baby. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's just so much business. Anyway, we're in a bit be, of a rush. Are you going to be angry all podcasts? No, I not can't angry. handle that. I just like it's the most. We have the shortest time, and you've it's the most copy you've ever written for an intro. Okay, well, it's I, nearly an entire page. I wanted people to know where I was going to be in Austin and Portland. Uh huh. <laughs> well, that part's important. I get that, but people don't need to know about Sidekick or hear our Twitter. It, you know, it's good. We're good. Oh my god! This is why reviewers oh, it's call double us. Space. This is why reviewers call us irritable. We are a little bit. Mm. We speak for yourself, buddy. I mean, that sounded irritable. Yeah, it did. I'm irritated at your irritability. Well, that makes you irritable. Anyway, no baby. Hmm. We did it again. But thanks to everyone who emailed, Facebook, tweeted, called. Wishing us luck. We, we appreciate, appreciate it. it. <laughs> a lot of fucking good that did, you jerks. <laughs> um, luck harder. Thanks to everyone who shared their low beta success stories. Oh, are there a lot of low beta successes? I wouldn't say a lot. More than two? Uh, yes. But I feel like maybe one of them was like secondhand. Like I had a friend who had oh, low beta. And then there was one that was like... My beta wasn't doubling, so they thought it wasn't viable. We got we got a variety of of beta stories. Um, yeah, so to put a put a final bow on the Matt and Dory's excellent round three slash 
implantation two. Uh, well, implantation one, transfer two. The first one didn't implant. Oh. At all. All right. Because it turned out I had a septum that they didn't know about, remember? I do. I do. Vaguely. I've listened to the podcast, so yeah. I should have known that. Um, mm. So, I mean, I kind of expected this was coming because the beta was so low. Um, but it did keep doubling to the point where Monday it had doubled again. And then she was like, Dr. Beck was like, okay, come back in Wednesday for more blood work. And I want to do an ultrasound. And I was like, okay, this is going to be the moment of truth. Yeah. Matt was in Boston for a funeral. Yeah. I was burying my aunt. So, so he couldn't be there. It was not uh, optimal conditions. I would have loved to have been there. I would yeah. have preferred to have been there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she just like looked, she looked inside. She was like, well, I see a sack, but there's no yolk. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, I'm going to call it. You can stop your meds. I was like, okay. <laughs> and she was like, but you know, it was a tenacious little embryo. And that's when I got like choked up and she handed me a tissue. Oh, I didn't know that, everybody. You made me sad. Well, that's that's the that's the risk you take when you're trying to make babies with science. <laughs> in, in general. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yes, you know, she, like... I guess the bright spots are that it did implant. So like we know my uterus is okay now, you know? Yeah. We like, have to look at all the, all the good news we got out of this. The conditions of the uterus are, are a lot better than they used to be. So that's good. We know that I can get pregnant. Um, but you know, the bad news is the embryo didn't make it and it was a tested embryo. Um, so she suggested that we do one more round of a retrieval. And she was also, you know, I think we said this on the last podcast, but she was like, really, this was your first transfer yeah. with a, you know, you can't really count the, the one in November because you, your uterus wasn't good. Um, when I think about all the time we wasted it, like, it's hard to not get angry. I'm trying not to get angry. But I'm a little angry. I'm going to allow myself to be angry. Well, you just go to doctors thinking that they are aware of everything to look for. and uh, Turns but, out they're not, always. Um, yeah. You know, it's the old hoof steps zebra horse situation, you know? What? What's that? You hear hoofs, you think horse. But... You don't look for a zebra. Oh, I see. Um, anyway, so then she was like, she said we could do one more retrieval and see what happens. I feel like if this doesn't work, she's going to push us towards donor eggs. What is that? Not mean? donor sperm. It's trash day and everybody can enjoy our neighborhood. Mm. Um, yeah. She didn't say anything about donor sperm. 
She didn't say anything about donor eggs. Did she say anything about donor eggs? Yes, that's what I just said. No, I know, but I thought you were just like surmising. No, we talked about it. Oh, do we want donor eggs? I, I don't know. We're not there yet, but I think boy, you guys are in for a podcast ride. I think she. I think she was like, like she kept being like, "We're not." I'm not at the point where I would recommend donor eggs, but I felt like she was kind of getting there. Yeah. I mean, like, she wants us to have a baby. She doesn't want us to spin our wheels forever, you know? And I think, like, in her mind, better to move on to donor eggs than to keep doing round after round of IVF, which, you know... I guess is debatable. I mean, what do you do though? Do we put in all, all like, let's say we get another embryo out of this and then we have three embryos. Do we not right. put them all in before we decide well, to go the donor route? You know, I, first of all, I would like a little more information about our mosaic embryo because from what I have learned in the last few months, um, mosaic embryos can be low mosaic or high mosaic. And if it's a low mosaic embryo, it's like, you have a pretty decent chance that it's going to self-correct. Lomo. Lomo. So I would like to find that out. Um, But, and then I asked, when can we start? And she was like, as soon as your HCG goes negative, like zero negative. Um, So I have another blood test on Wednesday, but she gave me paperwork for it. So I'm just going to LabCorp. I don't have to go all the way to CFP. Yeah. Um, and then I asked if you should be on those supplements again, and she said no. What can I tell you? My so. sperm works great. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But I would like you to stop smoking. Yeah, I'm trying. Are you? It did not smoke yesterday. Oh, good. So the answer to that question is yes. Get off my back, lady. Oh my god, he's so irritable. And then this morning I didn't smoke. Oh, that's why you're irritable. Got in the car and I wanted to smoke, but I didn't. That's not. why you're irritable. Well, I also just buried my aunt who died of lung cancer, so ah. a lot of factors here. Wow. Okay, I see. Um, who he, is who is a smoker? Avid. Mm. She also loves scratch tickets. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I see the genetic uh, resemblance. Uh-huh. She's a Myra. Uh, Does your dad your dad doesn't love scratch tickets? My dad doesn't love scratch tickets or smoke. No, he smoked. I think in this when he was in like the army. That's when my dad smoked. But that was that. Yeah, everyone smoked in the army. Uh, it's what you have to do when you're in the army, guys. Um, and you got a phone call from Win Fertility. What did you win? <laughs> um, they just called to make sure that I had gotten all the paperwork for my FET approval, which was approved. What is Win Fertility? Win Fertility is the company that administers Empire Blue Cross Blue Shield's fertility benefits. Oh. So when you get your pre-authorization for your retrieval or your transfer or whatever, you are submitting them to this outside company called Win Fertility. Um, and then they approve or deny it. So... So they approved it, and then I subsequently got another letter from Empire Blue Cross Blue Shield. Also, I live in California, but my health plan is a New York health plan, which has caused various problems with California doctors. Anyway, um, 
I got a letter from them saying that, that like just kind of laying out exactly what they were going to cover because our, my doctor is out of network mm-hmm. and they were going to cover it at an in-network level of benefits, which basically means a lot less money. So anyway, I have to submit that paperwork. But also this week, my work computer, aka my only computer, the trackpad broke. So I'm using this loaner computer. So like all my shit isn't on it and it's like really annoying handed dory a check and i said hey can you hang on to this it'll be safe with you (laughs) follow up she sends me a photo of a mostly destroyed envelope that had a check in it that was soaking wet and then some minutes later my trackpad doesn't work so So you're saying also we were waiting in the airport a little too long while she was filling her water bottle of destruction and you know what? That The water bottle that spilled was not that water bottle. It was the Fiji that you had left in the car that I thought the top was on, and I put it in my bag, and it spilled. The top was not on securely. No, because I was drinking it. Mm, well, oh boy. that's the one that spilled. Not, oh boy. not my water bottle. I'm trying to say I sabotaged it. I mean, I'm just saying. Also, the check dried. You can you can deposit it. It's, it's on my dresser. No, Anyway, point is, I gave it to you for safekeeping. Oh my god, we are so and nearly destroyed. Irritable it. today. Well, it's been a tough road. It's been a, it's been the roughest two weeks, I think, of our relationship. Uh, I haven't been around very much, so I don't know. Is that accurate? <laughs> yeah. I've been, I've been elsewhere. You went back and forth to the East Coast. Like, it was insane. You were in New York last weekend. You came home for a day to do Sidekick. Yeah. Then you went to Boston for your aunt's funeral. Yeah. And you leave for New York tonight. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, How are you even functioning? I don't understand. I'm not on a lot of sleep. And also, every time I've been home, I've been at work for a full day. And, I know. And then podcasted or recorded a television this show. This is not sustainable. Uh, it's not sustainable, but it is also a thing that must happen in order for us to keep paying for IVF. Thank you, United States of America. Hi. This is from Tina. <laughs> uh, I've been listening to your podcast since the spring and totally cheated and skipped ahead so I could save time and keep current to where you're at. Well, stop cheating and go back. <laughs> refreshing to hear the day-to-day, sometimes dull, but very real, non-sugar-coated details from someone going through the struggle. Infertility seems to be one of those things that is still somewhat in the closet. And it's obvious that through your podcast and Facebook group, many people feel like there is a community of people who understands them and that are you guys really get it. Even though your relationship has become much more strained. Haha. It sure has, Tina. She put it in stars. And then parenthetical, haha. So I don't know if she actually agrees or is also making the same joke we're making. I think she's making the same joke we're making. Uh, your podcast are recommended to me by a friend who I first met at an infertility group five years ago. The group was facilitated by Resolve, a national infertility organization. And there are many groups that facilitate, they facilitate across the country for people dealing with various family building challenges. I've heard their name mentioned on one of your podcasts. And I see it listed on your website. But I wanted to put another plug in for them. Because even though online support is great and you can connect with a whole world of people who are going through similar struggles, I feel like I 
never would have made it through my own struggles without regular face-to-face contact from the group that my husband and I joined. Our group was a general infertility support group. Resolve also has groups specific to secondary infertility, donor eggs, sperm, adoption, pregnancy loss, those who end up child-free, and many others depending on where you live. We joined our little group in Portland, Maine five years ago at a time when there happened to be several other couples also joining for the first time. Many of us at that same stage of our struggle and desperate for more information and support, after several months of getting to know each other at our community meetings, we started meeting more often on our own, at our own houses, at our coffee shops, out for dinner. Since Portland only offered a general infertility support group, we traveled to the Boston area for other groups, including the annual infertility conference mentioned in this week's podcast. Oh, I just searched it and noticed Nancy Kerrigan is this week's keynote speaker. lengthy nancy kerrigan discussion in the writer's room of the goldbergs yesterday really yes why because our writer's assistant emma was telling us that she liked tanya harding more than nancy kerrigan and then we had to remind her she was not born at this point oh my god of what the actual story was (laughs) i feel like oh there's like a weird spider like a white spider behind your head um Okay. Uh, I feel like the uh, the perspective on Tanya Harding has changed, and like Nancy Kerrigan has been recast as this sort of like icy bitch. <laughs> uh, that was sort of uh, her opinion of it too. Was that Nancy Kerrigan had everything going right. for her? Blah, 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 and blah. Tanya was just this like scrappy, poor. And then I said, "Well, you know, Nancy's brother just." killed her father a couple years ago she's like what and i was like yeah is that true yeah shit i mean that would be a fucked up thing to make up you don't know this the 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 stoneham clan like i do that's where i was born i was born in stoneham and i worked in stoneham at the daily scoop where nancy would come get ice cream with her <gasps> children. child do you think it was an IVF child? Is that why she's speaking at the Resolve? I think so. Oh, my God. We encourage our group facilitator to start mind-body fertility program. What a tangent. Similar to the one in the Boston area, and when a few of us eventually became pregnant, we begged that same facilitator start a new support group for us graduates. You really seem to be putting a lot on this facilitator. <laughs> Tina, slow your roll. You guys can just meet. (laughs) Eventually, all of us found paths to parenthood from natural conception to IVF to donor egg and surrogacy. We are still meeting monthly with our amazing group leader now discussing all the challenges of parenthood. Five of us have twins under age four. Whoa. Those sound like loud meetings. (laughs) As well as lingering topics about infertility and our personal struggles. I was out of town, but when you were here in Portland on your book tour... In the spring, Dory, several members of our group wanted to, went to meet you at your reading. The yeah, that was an egghead-filled uh, it was, reading. It, it was truly great. Was. I was there as well. The bookstore was shocked how many people showed up. Were they? Yeah. Why? Because it's like Portland. Well, it's Portland. I'm not from Portland. Yeah. Um, I think they were just like, okay, you can have a reading here. And then like the place was full and they were like, oh, (laughs) and it was like all eggheads. There you go. Yeah. Bottom line is support the camaraderie of our group was available. (sighs) Bottom line is (laughs) the support and camaraderie of our group was invaluable. We women, especially have become extremely close and get together often. Now with our children playing together too. 
We have been through so much together. We have supported each other for so long, and these women have become some of my best friends. I hope others who feel alone in their struggles and need some in-person support can find the same. Resolve.org is the national organization, but there are also regional offices with their own websites, uh, e.g. ResolveNewEngland.org, with lots of local information, which is not immediately obvious from the national site. It's a tough road. You are both of my thoughts, and I will wish you all the best uh, to you for you in your journey. And belly rubs for Bo. Bo was sick yesterday. Tina, a lot of updates from you. And, well, a lot of information. A lot of information. Thank Thank you. you. Um, We have not gone to an infertility support group. We run one. We have one in our living room every week. It's called Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. Um, I don't think Matt, Matt wouldn't have time to go to a support group. That doesn't mean you shouldn't. I know. You know what? You should go to one of those like single mother by choice groups. Why? Because you married me and I'm never around. (laughs) That's so sad. I know. I'm getting sad about my life right now. (sighs) But Jess writes in. I'm writing in because I remember about 10 episodes ago, a listener wrote in and asked if you had any adoption podcast recommendations. And then someone else wrote in recommending the Creating a Family podcast. I agree that Creating a Family is a fantastic resource, but it's structured less like your podcast and more educational slash clinical based. When my husband and I started the domestic infant adoption process earlier this year, we looked around for podcasts on the subject. Surprisingly, we couldn't find any that were conversational like yours and also non-religious based. So we were inspired by you two awesome people, and we've actually started our own podcast documenting our adoption journey. It's called We Can Do This, Our Adoption Journey. And so far, four episodes have aired. Well, maybe five by now by the time you read this. Uh, obviously I don't want to assume anything and if you don't want to plug other podcasts especially when you haven't let it yourself I totally understand no worries at all but it seems uh, to be an interesting uh, interesting podcast similar to yours being centered around adoption I figured I'd throw it out there thanks again for all you do Jess in Brooklyn well Jess I'm sorry Jess from Brooklyn oh boy Jess I assumed your partner's name was Brooklyn so (laughs) There's an, there's an adoption podcast out there called We Can Do This, colon, Our Adoption Journey. So if you're looking for a podcast like this one that is not about IVF, but is in fact about adoption, why don't you pop on over there and give it a listen? I have no idea if it's good, but they're fans of ours. How bad could it be? I read a really disturbing um personal essay by a woman who had adopted a child from Uganda, mm-hmm. Uganda, Uganda. Um, and it was, the girl was six. And in the course of like the year that she was living with them, she, f- she figured out that the girl was not an orphan. She had been like, her mother had been like tricked into selling her essentially. Mm-hmm. And so they eventually, brought her back to Uganda and, and she's back with her family. And it was all about how like fucked up international adoption well, can be. That is a, a happy ending. Yes. It was a happy ending because she like listened to the child, but I guess a lot of these countries, the, these agencies are very corrupt and you have to be careful. Well, if there's money to be made, there will be corruption to be had. 
And that's a that is a good a good uh, saying. Well, I invented it just now. <laughs> Copyright Matt Myra, two thousand seventeen. Are you gonna let me read any emails? Or Co-copyright you're just Dory Shafrir. Take them all. I read faster and worse than you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This is from Kim. She says, I wanted to mention the listener that asked for tips on not on how not to go down the rabbit hole of reading, researching, etc. Like another listener said, I limited myself, and once it hit, say, 30 minutes, I was done. I found, however, once I'd educated myself pretty thoroughly and answered all of my internal questions, I find that I'm no longer Googling to find answers. These last couple of weeks, I went down a lot Dory's of... Dory's been in a Google hole. A lot of Google holes. The advice she dispensed was not good enough for herself. You know what also part of the problem is? I believe a lot of these message boards have migrated to Facebook. So when you Google the stuff that comes up, it tends to be a few years old. Mm-hmm. So you're reading threads from like 2009. You know, it's just, it like, it, it feels. Science moves way too fast. Yeah. I saw, sci- I saw a guy I would roughly peg at about 68 years, 65 years old at Starbucks talking to a nurse who was waiting for his, for her um, coffee as well. Uh, asking the nurse about his wife's pregnancy. His wife is 36 weeks long. Oh, my God. Okay. And uh, That's L.A. for you. Good God. I was a little annoyed. But not going to begrudge him. Maybe it's his first kid. Maybe he'd been trying all this time. Never found the woman he loved. Mm, maybe. Okay. <laughs> Um, I am part of a Facebook group and a group of us even have our own group on Messenger. Whoa. Private spinoff because we are all around the same cycle time. We call it first and 10. There are 10 of us and we are all in our first cycle. That's cute. It's amazing to be able to talk to them and get advice, compare cycles and even just vent. It's all because of you guys that we met and now we have a bond. James Bond. I also wanted to tell a little story about the first time my husband gave a sample I went to the office with him because I'd been there before. I wanted to show him where to go. So he gets called back to the separate part of the office where the lab collection slash collection rooms are. He then fills out paperwork and gets ready to go in the room and just looks at me. I said, do you want me to come? He says, I don't know, I guess. So there it is. I went in to assist. We read over directions again to make sure we knew what we were doing. And he sits down. He begins to look at the porn provided and is not impressed. So I say, just get your, out your phone and use the Wi-Fi. Let's just say not all of the sample made it in the cup. Oh, dear. And we just walked out of there laughing. Needless to say, he has gone by himself the rest of the times. P.S. I'm a fellow DMB lover. Nice. So much so that I do have a tattoo of a fire dancer on my wrist. You know, I saw someone in New York with a fire dancer t-shirt. The old school Dave Matthews band fire dancer t-shirt. Like the OG. And it was a young, it was a young woman. And she, it, she had made it a half shirt. <laughs> She was strolling down Fifth Avenue, and I saw the front of the shirt. I was like, oh, shit, that's the old DMV shirt. And I looked at the back, and sure enough, it was the oh, Fire Dancer logo. That reminds me of something. So this week, as part of my like attempt to distract myself, I sold a bunch of stuff on Instagram, and um, a few eggheads bought some of my old clothes. Nice. Um, and one of them was like, oh, by the way, um, I ran into Matt on the street. In New York. Oh, I saw. And he her said he was going to meet you, and I was like, "Oh my west, god, that west, was you!" Uh, 
it was, was I outside when you were of? going to meet me at smart at uh, the Brooklyn Flea. Yeah, but I was sitting outside uh, West, whatever that cafe is below the studio. Oh, Westville. Westville. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was like, oh my god, that's so funny. That was you. She's also like pretty active in the Facebook group, so I feel like I kind of know her. Sure. <laughs> and I was like, that's crazy. Um, so you know, it's a small world. I had, I had, I, I, a corner of my eyed her while I was talking to uh, Courtney and Nicole. Uh, they work on After Trek. We were outside talking, and then I saw her, and then she lingered, and then I walked over to that bench and sat while I was waiting to figure out what where I was meeting you. And uh, yeah, she came up to me as I was smoking. Oh, interesting. Classic her. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> it was good to meet you. I'll see you this weekend. I'll be getting a grilled cheese probably. On oh, by the way, that reminds me, a bunch of eggheads reached out and said, if you were serious about wanting to meet up, they have offered to hang out with you. Oh my God, what a treat. Yeah. If anyone wants to go to the polo bar, get a martini. <laughs> I'm really like somehow so upset that I didn't go in there. Like it looked so like a place I'd want to be in. Uh huh. But it just like no one else was in there. It was just a bartender, and I was like, "Oh, you should have gone in because I think it's often very busy." Really? Yeah. Or it was, it was. I mean, when it opened, it was like extremely popular and hard to get in. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's. Maybe it's over. Well, it was also like four in the afternoon. Right. Maybe it wasn't open yet. Oh, maybe. I don't know, but it's right next to Crockett and Jones, my favorite boot maker. Oh my god, guys! He has a favorite boot maker. Uh. <laughs> So, you know, I was over there getting some laces and, and boots. And then I was walking How nice out. for you. You know what? You work this much, you got to say, every once in a while, why not get some boots I'll have for the rest of my life? I, I don't begrudge you your boots. You said how nice for you in a way that sounded like you were begrudging me. I'm not begrudging you. Anyway, uh, that last email came to us from Kim. And thank you, Kim. And... uh I hope to one day see DMB with you because my wife certainly won't go anymore. I went, I went once uh-huh. in Irvine. You're going to go again? Well, I wonder where they're going to play now that Irvine Meadows doesn't exist. Yeah, I don't know that they'll hit SoCal. It'll just be me and Lauren just driving very far to go see a Dave Matthews Why concert. don't they like to do concerts in LA? I think it stems from that Hollywood Bowl concert they did uh, when, uh, when, was it Grux or Away From The World came out? I think it was Grox. Maybe it was Away From The World. Anyway, they did a show at the Hollywood Bowl the day the record came out. And then I saw Dave on Kimmel the next night talking about how LA audiences weren't paying any attention and were just on their phones and taking <gasps> selfies the whole time. Oh, and he's held that against and us. And I think he's held that against everybody. So all the jerks in the Hollywood Bowl at the front <laughs> have, ruined, have ruined my trips to Dave Matthews. That's amazing. They're playing. Dave and Tim are playing Mexico again. And I am like, when are you going to go back to Vegas? That's what I want. I want to go back to Vegas. Go back to it. I've never seen them in Vegas. It's very annoying to me. I was, I'm, I'm I was to... too poor when they Aww. started doing that in 2007 and 8 and 9. I couldn't afford such a thing. I'm going to Vegas this weekend. I know. Without by, Matt. By the time everyone hears this, you'll have already come back. I know. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but, like, I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher, like in a whatever the perfect amount higher is. That's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out, uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item that's right every time you buy their socks tees or underwear you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness to date bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting i mean bombas can make returns easy as well i don't know why you'd return anything because what but they do have a 100 percent happiness guarantee so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason They'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like, you know, stripes on the top. of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. This is from Kelsey. We're back to the show, everyone. Back Kelsey in. is not part of our bar. All right. I'm not currently going through IVF, but went through a whirlwind infertility chapter after having two micro preemies, one baby boy who made it and another baby boy who tragically didn't. In short, I'm not technically infertile, but my body sadly won't carry a baby to term. I suffered from help syndrome. Oh, we've heard about help syndrome before. Uh, with both pregnancies, in addition to placental and uterine insufficiency, talk about an inhospitable womb. I don't want to talk about that. It sounds unpleasant. It does. These draining pregnancies, both physically and mentally, led us to gestational surrogacy. My angelic sister-in-law independently offered to carry a baby for our family. Wow. You hear that, sister-in-laws? Law. 
Yeah, we only have one sister-in-law. Um, and we couldn't jump at the opportunity fast enough. You do. I have two. You have two sisters-in-law? Don't I? I mean, we count Allison, right? Right, yeah. And Karen is my sister-in-law. Oh, yeah, that's true. She's not my sister. Right. I only have one, though. So buckle up, guys. We're going to need those wombs. <laughs> um... Our, in, our fertility treatments happened across the country from one another. I was in NYC and she was in Boise, Idaho. Oh, that's why she offered. Because she's a nice person from Idaho. Oh, sure. After two egg retrievals for me to get viable embryos, a failed IVF transfer, and multiple canceled cycles due to poor response, we were fortunate enough to become pregnant. My sister-in-law, Betsy, has six children of her own. Slow down, Betsy. So her womb was clearly hospitable. I'd say so. Despite easy pregnancies with her own children, our baby gave her a run for her money. She developed coleostasis, that awful condition in pregnancy where you itch uncontrollably. Oh, my God. It does sound oh awful. God. Never even heard of it. Me neither. At 28 weeks and was far more sick with our baby than any of her other pregnancies. Oof. Due to this condition, we had to deliver at 36 weeks due to a heightened risk of stillbirth. Best of all, I got to deliver my own baby. The doctor suited me up, and she was born straight into my arms. Our Nora came a few days before Thanksgiving. We actually went home from the hospital on Thanksgiving Day and shared a Thanksgiving table with Betsy and her family, who were so selflessly sacrificed for an opportunity for our family to grow. Best Thanksgiving ever. That's a quick summary of our story, but after our experience, I have a few thoughts that might be useful information to some of your listeners. For anyone who's considering surrogacy for medical reasons, ask your maternal fetal medicine doctor to write a letter to your insurance company explicitly stating that they have advised against pregnancy and have recommended gestational surrogacy. Mm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I assumed that it was a long shot for us to receive any sort of coverage since we would be using a surrogate, but this letter actually saved us substantially in our IVF costs. It was my doctor's suggestion, and I'm so grateful she was willing to do this for us. Despite meticulously getting written approvals and double confirming correct billing codes with the billing department in my clinic and insurance representatives. I think I know where this is going. <laughs> During my second egg retrieval, I was advised to stop my stim meds after five days because there was a miscommunication with the billing department and insurance company. Jesus. And our approval for the egg retrieval had been revoked, which I didn't even know was possible. I was told by the fertility clinic that if I continued with the cycle, they couldn't guarantee that anything would be covered. So after making myself a hormonal monster for nearly a week and losing almost $1,000 worth of meds, I stopped and waited for the billing and the insurance company to work out their mistake. I've never been so angry in my life. What I learned from this is that anytime you speak to an insurance representative that gives you valuable information and confirms any sort of approval, ask for their name and a direct number. Also make detailed notes about your conversations. After this fiasco, I also requested to work with a different employee in billing and worked with someone who I felt was far more competent exclusively for the rest of my treatments. Also, I'll never forget the fear of walking up to the billing window in the office and wondering if they were going to ask me for $20, $2,000, or $12,000. For as organized as I was, I Ditto. still never had any idea how much I was actually going to have to pay. How is this okay? Yeah, we had the exact same experience. Literally. It's like they were just making then up they numbers. they double-charged me. <laughs> Finally, if you wrap up with a round of IVF and have remaining meds, consider donating them. I was able to donate meds through my clinic that would be made available to cancer patients who are undergoing egg retrievals before beginning chemo. Um, I have thought about this. However, I did not donate my leftover meds for my last cycle because in the back of my mind, I was like, I might need these. Guess what? I need them. Oh, I thought you were reading. I am. Oh, no. Now I... No, she was saying you should donate them. I am saying... Well, I'm looking at you. 
And I couldn't tell that you weren't reading. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the last thing she said was made available to cancer patients who are undergoing egg retrievals before chemo. And then I said... Right, that you didn't donate I, them. I didn't donate my meds for my last round because in the back of my mind, I was like, I might need these. And now it turns out I need them. Well, I think at the end of the day, what's important is that we never successfully get through this. <laughs> Yay. Um, she said she's going to put me on a lower dose of meds this time. She's she's worried that my eggs were overcooked. Overcooked, huh? Yes. You know I like a soft scramble. Overcooked in the sense of what? Uh, it, meaning overcooked so, in your womb, overcooked before they got frozen? Overcooked before they were retrieved. Uh-huh. Um. And I've read a little bit of, there was some discussion of this in the Facebook group, actually, that in older women, it's better to use a lower, sometimes it's better to use a lower dose of meds. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I think previously we were going for as many eggs as we could get. So like the first round we got 18 eggs, but only ended up with one normal embryo. Whoa, whoa. And she's saying like, a lot of those eggs weren't good. So who cares that we even got them? Right. So let's concentrate on the few eggs that we think are going to be good and not fuck them up. Right. That makes sense. So I think that's going to be her strat going forward. <sighs> and you know, if, if I don't have to do as many, if I don't have to do as many meds, great. Of course. I'm all for less meds. Yeah. But I'm, I'm of the school of thought that we should just, shove you full of so many chemicals that you aren't even functioning as a human being anymore oh, you're just some sort of oven for eggs wait i have an idea yes why don't excuse me why don't you take the meds while i take them and we okay. can both be on the meds it sounds great yeah will it make my boobs grow it might make your voice higher yeah i could use that well, i like your i like your low voice yeah um, okay. Thanks for reading my long email. Sending you my best as you carry on with your treatments. I'm so sorry that you're still in the thick of IVF stress. My worst, I was eating ice cream in a hot bath while watching Netflix every night. Doesn't sound terrible. Sounds awesome. For what it's worth, I'm genuinely shocked at how many of the nasty IVF details, financial, medical, emotional, etc., have faded. We are immensely grateful for our miracle baby and can't wait for the news that yours is on the way. XO Kelsey. I mean, I have heard people say that. That like once you once you get your baby, you kind of like move past all the. I like to uh, save on my computer all of the very expensive left-handed guitars that I can't get because of IVF, so that when our child is eventually born, I can show them what i had to sacrifice for them yeah because you're so deprived <laughs> Matt, so deprived with his 35 guitars it's cute that you think it's 35 anyway you need to sell some you need to slow your roll young lady oh Jeez. that's nice that you're calling me young you are very young oh thanks honey. your eyes are that of a teenager <laughs> what does that what? mean <laughs> that's weird um do you want to read the last email uh, I do want to read the last email, mostly because I'm the worst at reading, but the fastest. Hi, Matt and Dory. This is from Jason. I enjoyed your conversation today about oddly pronounced New England towns. I'm from Ledyard, Connecticut, uh, which everyone there pronounces Le Ledyard. 
That is weird. <laughs> Whenever people not from New England see it written down, like on a form or something, they look at me funny and try to sound it out and give me a crazy look when I pronounce it from them. Yeah, there's no reason that should be legerd. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. We also <laughs> used to have a dog who needed Prozac. He was a rescue and had many more mental issues than we were led to believe, but mostly severe separation anxiety. Oh, that sounds familiar. I'm pretty sure you two are already pretty savvy about acquiring prescriptions, but I thought I would tell you my story anyway. When the vet first prescribed... uh, Sorry, when first prescribed, the vet told us to shop around because prices can vary... And I thought, eh, how different could they be? So I filled out a prescription at Walgreens, and it was $70 for one month. I started wondering if this was going to be a reasonable expense for the next 10 to 15 years. The next month, I took the prescription to Costco, and they charged me $9 for the exact same prescription. A few months later, we upped the dosage, and we paid $7.50. It almost seems so arbitrary. I suppose the moral of the story is shop around for your scripts. Uh... Or our healthcare industry is bonkers. Still enjoying the podcast. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Jason. So guess how much I pay for his uh, prescriptions? Seven bucks. Yes. I know. Did I already tell you that? I'm, I guess so. I'm married to you and oh. we do share a lot of things. Well, up to including our care for our dog. It's funny because my insurance, like the lowest you pay for a generic prescription is $10. Yeah. And Bo doesn't have my health insurance. Um, Bo has his own insurance. He does. I guess I could go through his own insurance, but I don't even know if it would be cheaper. They were like, we applied some coupons to it, and it's $7. <laughs> you got to love a coupon. You got to love a drug coupon. So, um, yeah, I don't know if it's his dose or what. I, I can't. I feel like it's kind of working. I don't know. I can't tell. You know, it's hard to say. I, I was just I was thrown off by yesterday's sickness. Yeah, we picked him. I picked him up from the chateau on Tuesday night because um, I, when I got back, I was in New York last weekend with Matt, and then I got back and went had to go to a tech conference in Laguna, and then came back Tuesday night instead of Wednesday because I had to see Doctor Beck on Wednesday morning. You picked him up Wednesday. I picked mean. him up Wednesday. I can't. Yeah, I came back to LA on Tuesday night. Picked him up Wednesday, and he seemed fine when I picked him up, but I did notice like usually when he gets home from the chateau, he goes straight to his food, scarfs down a bowl of food and drinks like a bowl of water. And then is like, <sighs> he didn't drink any water or eat any food. And I was like, that's a little weird. And then, and he was hiccuping. I texted Matt, like, yeah. that was the hiccups. And then, um, he wasn't, he didn't eat or drink for like a long time. And then well, when, I came home from the airport at one o'clock in the morning. No, that's a lie. I left the airport at one o five. Got home at one thirty in the morning. Bo greeted me at the door. He seemed pretty normal. Look my face, all that fun stuff. He wanted to go out desperately. Normally, I'd be like, "Yeah, you've been out," but I was like, "Well, I'm feeling like a generous father." 
Go out, my son. I have not seen you. Remember who did this for you. So I let him out, and then he immediately just went and started eating, just eating grass, like wolfing down grass faster than I've ever seen him do. So then we came, I came back in, he wouldn't come in, he was just still eating grass. So, you know, I went and got ready for bed, went to the bathroom, came back out, and I couldn't find him. And then he was in his bed, like, but not moving, like, just like, in his bed. And then I went, I tried to go to sleep, and all I could hear was his stomach. Just making so much noise. Till about 3.30 in the morning when I woke you up. Yeah. And said, I don't know what's going on with Bo, but it doesn't sound great. And I was like, he hasn't drank any water since he's been home. So we tried to get him to drink some water. He drank like a couple sips. He ate a couple treats. Yeah. He was eating treats, which I thought was a decent sign. sign. And then he went uh, back to bed. And then I woke up at 7.30 to go to therapy at 8 o'clock, having had three hours of sleep. And then I stayed up and then did a podcast at 9 p.m. and got home at midnight last night. Anyway. We kept, Bo was supposed to go to the Chateau yesterday. We kept him home. Um, He didn't poop most of the day, in case you guys were wondering. He also didn't eat most of the day and then but then when i got home from work he seemed he like ran out to greet me he seemed to be in better spirits yeah and then he scarfed down a bowl of food yeah and i was like oh maybe he's better and then he drank a bunch of water yeah and he just seemed like happier so i don't know what was up yeah well he did eat the plastic oh yeah i emailed the chateau and i was like hey did you notice Bo being like lethargic or anything because he seemed a little sick today we're keeping him home and there's this other dog so there used to be two dogs he didn't like at the Chateau. One was Max. One was Luke. I guess Max has stopped coming. <laughs> um, I think Bo maybe drove him away. But Luke still comes, and so they keep them separate. And I, But I guess at one point, like during a changeover, they saw each other and got in a little scuffle. Um, so Bo was like crated briefly. <laughs> um, and she said he, it looked like he might have eaten some plastic. <laughs> Um, maybe that upset his stomach. I have to think that maybe it did upset his stomach. Yeah. So, but he's fine. He had a, he had a nice poop this morning. Crisis averted. Crisis averted. Um, you know, honey, we are way behind on names. So we are super behind. We're going to have to do like, I have to say to everybody, I'm sorry. I don't have a ton of time right now. So your names will come. My wife's about to tell me that she's going to do all the names for me this month. Let's see. Well, what is she going to say? I was going to say we're we're going to have to do a mega name marathon next week, and I will do a lot of the names. <laughs> uh, yeah, so tune in for your names. Listen, yeah. we have till the end of the month, and there's two more podcasts before the end of the month. Mm, no, there's one. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> there's one more. Only four more episodes of After Trek, guys. If you're watching Star Trek Discovery and you uh, enjoy watching uh, people talk about what you just watched, tune into After Trek on CBS All Access. Um, and we also have the, our two Patreon bonus episodes will be on their way as well this, this, this month. Oh, my God. So if you want to get those, head on over to patreon.com forward slash adventure. And if you donate at the $10 a month level, you get a bonus episode. I would just like to stay for the state for the record that we recorded this in the morning before work on Friday because it's literally the only time we can record it. Yep. So who knows when those Patreon episodes are coming, but they'll have to be there before November. 
because that's a Matt Meyer promise. <laughs> oh, God. That doesn't happen. <laughs> All, right. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Sorry, the episode's eight minutes shorter than normal. I'm sure they'll recover. I don't know if they will. No.